So this morning's message is kingdom against kingdom. And uh, I don't know if there's a lot of, there's a lot of children in the room. I just want to just on alert some of the stuff, I'm, some of the areas I'm going is, it's going to be some maybe sensitive stuff that I'm going to be saying that, uh, that I just want to give you a heads up. So just want you to be aware of that. Uh, most of the kids I think are out in Transformation Station or the nursery. So uh, just, I just want to alert you to that. Um, kingdom of against kingdom. So uh, during my three-week series uh, last month on who are we, uh, I talked a lot about why it was important for us to know who we are and uh, where we're going and uh, you know, how, how we got where we are. And, and, um, and I, I said the reason for that is, is there's this collision going on, this collision between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And it is, it is fast moving. It is fast moving. And we have to know who we are in Christ. We have to know what he has provided for us, what he's done for us, how we got here, what our mission is, and, and how, we can, how we can love in the middle of this, these colliding cultures and these colliding things that are pretty much in our face all the time and do so with the undergirding of his love and his grace and his mercy and his power. And, and, and the reality is we can. We can. The reality is we are. Now, we're imperfect. We will always do this imperfectly, but... But we have to understand. We have to understand that we are we are on mission. We are living on mission, and um, and and that that is increasing. And it's it's a, it was another it's another reason why our our word for the year more than our word for abundant life fellowship in 2022 is more than conquerors, not just us as individuals. Yes, I am more than a conqueror in Jesus, and you, yes, are individually more than a conqueror in Jesus, but the reality is we are more than conquerors for one another and for others, others who are struggling with some of the thing, very things we're going to talk about today. Um, we can go to battle for them in, in prayer, on our knees, submitting, submitting requests to Jesus, and the reality is he hears us. He always, always hears us. It's his work, not our work, but we are vessels. And so um, I was thinking about as I was as I was uh, going over some notes this morning. You know, um, I don't know if anybody's ever participated in a in a National Day of Prayer thing, um, but there's always seven pillars of 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 life that we pray for. And and just very quickly, those seven pillars are government, media, education, family, business, arts and education, and religion. Now, just think about those seven pillars. Are those pillars not under attack? Are those pillars not, I mean, so even more so, even more so, uh, do we need to be understanding this collision course that's taking place? It's, it's, it's happening, and it's real, and uh, the enemy doesn't care. He doesn't care who's in his line of fire. He doesn't care who, who, who he will, whose life he will disrupt or mess up or destroy because that's his assignment. Steal, rob, destroy. That's kill, steal, kill, destroy. That's his, that's his assignment. So, so that's why it's so important for us to understand why, why we're here, what we're about. Um, so last week when, when Pastor Shane uh, was, was speaking to us, uh, his message, Alpha and Omega, uh, he warned us, he warned us about the spiritual warfare currently in play and how Satan tries to make his schemes appear good. He tries to make his things appear good. 
And he shared two scriptures, and I'm going to reiterate those scriptures. One was this, mark this, it's from 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. And, 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 and when the Scripture says have nothing to do with them, he's not saying we can't minister to them, he's not saying we can't love and reach out to them, but he's saying don't spend your time, whole, whole lot of time hanging, just hanging out with them, hanging out with them on some sort of regular basis because, because that darkness, that darkness can, can affect us. But he's also saying we need to reach, that's, that's the, those are the very people we need to reach, very people we need to be sharing God's love with. But Pastor Shane read this passage and he said, there's 18 things here. And he said, you think these things aren't all in play in our everyday life? They are. They are. And then he shared this verse from Matthew 24. These verses from Matthew 24. And and, and Jesus was answering a question. and, and And he said, watch out that no one deceives you. Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. See to it that you are not alarmed. See, when we're in Christ Jesus, when we are pressing into Him, we have a relationship with Him, when we, when we, when we live for Him, we don't have to be alarmed by this. This isn't, you know, I, when, when, even as I'm sharing this, the, this word and these, the, uh, these messages about these colliding kingdoms, it's not to alarm anybody. It's not to alarm anybody. We have, we have the power of Christ in us. We have the tools. So it's not to alarm anybody, it's to, just to alert us that we're on assignment. That we're on assignment. So see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginnings of birth pains. And when Pastor Shane read this verse, just and even as he was speaking in the entire message, so many things that have been that have been stirring in my mind and conversations that I've had recently, and just just all kind of came together. And that that kingdom against kingdom uh, scripture just jumped out and said that. And I knew right there, sitting there, this is this is your message next week: kingdom against kingdom, because it's what we've been we've been talking about this, not in these specific terms, but we've been talking about this clash. This clash that's going on. And it's real. It's real. And it's every day. And it's increasing. And we have to know. We have to know. We have to know that as we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, that as we are bowing down in prayer for one another, that 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 there are no there are there are no boundaries in terms of who we can pray for and how we can pray and how we can do battle for one another. Not only just one another, but the lost those who are confused, those who are, have gotten caught, caught up in some of these cultural things that, that are, again, are in our faces every day. And, and so as I, was, as I was just working on this, uh, man, I, our, our world, our, 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 whole, our whole, whole country, our whole mission is, is, um, is, is, in, in, um, is in transition as we dig in deeper, as we dig in deeper to be true vessels of Jesus to shine light, to shine light in the middle of all this darkness, of, in the middle of all this confusion. Mm. 
So Jesus answers this question. This was a response to an answer to his question that the disciples asked, what, what's it going to look like at the end of the age? What are signs of the end of the age? Well, he tells you, all these are the beginning of birth pains. And I'm telling you, we're in the beginning of birth pains. I, I, mean, I, don't, I, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to say that anymore clearly, but these, these, these things that we're seeing, they're happening. They're happening. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not projecting when the end is. I have no idea. We're not supposed to know. Scripture says no one will know. But you don't have to be a biblical scholar to see what's going on here. So, as I was writing notes for this message, I just... I'm just going to share. I'm going to share actually snippets of six notes I wrote, just notes notes about stuff that's going on, and I'm just going to share them. Some of them are are some sensitive stuff, so be aware of that. So here's a few snippets of the crazy stuff unfolding in our culture that clearly and unequivocally point to the clashing of kingdoms in our world today. Understand this: this is not just going to go away, but rather increase in the days, weeks, months, years if we're still here ahead. So, number one, for years, abortion rights activists screamed, my body, my choice. Yet as of last June, nearly 7,000 workers were cut or left their jobs because they refused to get a COVID shot. This isn't a, this isn't a discussion or a debate about whether you should get the shot or not. If you've got the shot, that's, that was up to you, personal choice. We don't, I, I, I'm not here to advocate or not advocate for any of that. I'm here to point out that when that happened, my body, my choice suddenly had no merit. So, and the reason I pointed out is it's such a clash, it's such a clash is when you want to kill your child, Jesus is the author of life. It's the author of life. When you want to kill your child, it's your choice. But when they want you to put something in your body that you're not sure of, you got to do it or you're going to lose your job. And nearly 7,000 workers were cut because of it. And some may look at this and even be sitting there saying, well, why do you have to make this, why do you have to get into the politics of stuff? The reality is, there, those seven foundations that we talked about for, that, that are part of the seven days, of, it's part of the, the day of prayer, there's no way to separate them out. There's no way to separate that out of how we live our life and what's happening in our world, and what's happening in our culture. There's no way to just say, well, cut that out, and I won't be affected. It's affecting everything. It's affecting everything. Number two, also during the pandemic, government officials screamed, follow the science. Yet one of the key medical leaders from Pennsylvania giving regular updates was a man posing as a woman using the name Rachel Levine. Not surprisingly, our current president promoted him to Assistant Secretary of Health for the Federal Government of Health and Human Services. And in March, USA Today named him one of its 12 Women of the Year. Clash of cultures. I'm sorry, it's clash of cultures. It's in our face. It's happening. And I'll be honest with you, some of this stuff is hard to talk about in the middle of a message. But it's real. It's real. And it's again, this stuff is in our faces every single day. The words, Black Lives 
matter used to mean just that. Black lives, have ma- they matter. As do all lives. God gave us life. Gave us life. Now those words mean something entirely different, and they represent an organization with roots, actions, goals, with unabashedly evil and divisive intentions. If black lives truly matter, why in Mississippi do people of color represent 44% of the population, but only 80, but 81% of the women receiving abortions? Do those black lives not matter? And I have stats there for Texas. I have stats there for Louisiana. There's a, from a recent news article about how the possible overturning of Roe versus Wade sent shockwaves through the minority community where there is concern that they will no longer have the freedom to kill their unborn babies who clearly just don't matter. And the organization Black Lives Matter is nowhere to be found to speak out against those deaths. It's really quiet in here. But this is serious stuff. It's serious stuff. And see, we, we can look at these things on the news and think, well, that makes sense. We can easily be deceived. We can easily think, I need to get behind that because there's, sounds right. Black lives matter. Of course black lives matter. We don't have, we understand that. But all lives matter. The unborn lives matter. This is the collision course. This is the collision course. Because all of these things are increasing. All of these things are... One of the more obvious ways... The enemy is overplaying his hand, and this is something I've been saying a lot in conversations lately, is in the LGBTQ plus community where they have been successful in getting changes made to policies in sports that now allow biological men to compete as women. And, and please understand, I love every, every one of these. I, love, I have, we've, know many people. Sunday night we prayed for a whole list of people that we know are part of this community. So biological men can compete. So you know things have taken a crazy turn when Bruce Jenner, a former, and I'm still calling him Bruce, sorry, a former Olympic athlete, I'm not sorry, not sorry, a former star Olympic athlete who has been posing as a woman for seven years now and has become a famous part of this community, when he comes out against this change in sports policy. I mean, that, it's all topsy-turvy. Yeah. Something in his opposition to this tells me that deep down he fully understands that he and these other men will always be biologically male. No amount of dress-up, name changes, or the like is going to change that. I have a scripture up here later. It says, God created them male and female. That is enough. That is enough. That settles it. There doesn't have to be any further debate. Number five. 
When washed-up quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand for the national anthem in 2016, certain cultural cheerleaders applauded him for presumably taking position against uh, racial inequality and oppression of black people. Yet just last weekend, I'm talking about this past last weekend, last Saturday night, when the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team, uh, when five members of the Tampa Bay baseball team who are Christians refused to join the team in wearing an L, GBTQ plus logo on their uniforms in recognition of Gay Pride Month. They were ridiculed by the media as homophobes and that the reason Gay Pride Month is still necessary. Never mind that Jason Adam, one of those players who took that stand, explained why they did so. And here's what he said. We don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior, just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage. It's no different. It is not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe is the lifestyle he's encouraged us to live for our good, not to withhold from them. But again, we love these men and these women. We care about them, and we want them to feel safe and welcome here. But they took a stand. They took a stand. But the media called them all kinds of names. But this is what he said. This is what he actually said. We love them. We care for them. And that's the big myth. That's the big myth that the body of Christ doesn't know how to love. And And it's just wrong. It's just wrong. We will love and minister to anybody, anywhere, but we will always tell them the truth. And if telling them the truth is offensive, it's God's Word. It's God's Word. This clash of cultures doesn't want us to do it. This clash of cultures doesn't want me up here today saying this stuff. At the car cruise uh, the other day, uh, the director happens to be Pastor Mark's cousin, Dennis. He's the new director this year. And um, I could go in a lot of directions with this, but, but at one point, a car came in with a gay pride flag on it. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know anything. I didn't see the people, but he did. He, he's the one that saw them. And they came in and they said, are we allowed in here? He said no. He said no. Um, and, and his reason was this is a family friendly event, and we are not we're not we're not here to make for you to make for you to make a political statement about what you're doing. What was interesting is uh, before the car show began, this is this is uh, this was our first year uh, with the belong, our belonging group leading the kind of leading the, uh, the this area of the of the car show and um, Wednesday night before we were going on Thursday, Kim Blakeney sent me this word uh, that she had had in prayer and she said, uh, we're, "We're just I'm just praying for you guys and 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 it, Lord just spoke to me that you guys as you go there you're supposed to just be praying over the area and just praying over the event and that God's going to use you and. So Thursday morning, um, when we got there and we're setting up, and Pastor Mark and I were both there, and his cousin was there, and I just said, "Hey Dennis, can we pray for you, and uh, and and pray for the event?" So we just right there in the parking lot in front of Timberlands, we just prayed 
prayed for God's blessing on the event and strength for Dennis and all that. And, and that was it. It was nothing, nothing you know, complicated about it. But uh, fr- uh, yesterday, Connie and I went uh, in the morning and, and helped set up again. And he, Dennis was there and he comes over and he says, hey, will you pray for me again? So we did. We did. And, and I'm, I'm convinced that I'm convinced that Holy Spirit showed him what to do when that car pulled up. I'm convinced that he showed him. Number six, last month, the parents of three eighth graders in Wisconsin were notified that their sons were charged by school officials with sexual harassment. The district claims the boys were not referring to a student's requested pronouns of they and them instead of he or she. From a mother, one of the mothers of one of those students, of one of the parents of, of the boys who were charged, she, here's what she had to say. Sexual harassment, that's rape, that's incest, that's inappropriate touching. What did my son do? He's a little boy. He told me that he was being charged with sexual harassment for not using the right pronouns. The cultures, there's a collision. There's a collision course. We're on it. We're on it. We're on it. And whatever, whatever militants we have against these things, we need to, to exercise on our knees, starting there. And as we start there, and then the Lord gives us assignments, gives us places to go to, to minister, to love, to care, to bridge gaps, we'll do that. And we are doing that. But the reality is this stuff, it's not going to disappear It's not going away. It's going to increase. It's going to increase. Pastor Shane, last week, speaking about the ugliness of wickedness and how the enemy's schemes are being exposed, said this, these things are being dragged out in the open to the point where anybody with a sound mind is saying, I don't want anything to do with that. And he was talking about, he he was referencing specifically when the the, uh, announcement was made about Roe versus Wade possibly being overturned. And he said people in authority and government leaders were, were writhing and were angry and were stomping. And, were, and all of these examples I give were examples of this very thing that you can look at this stuff just even from a, let's just say, just re, even from just a practical mindset and say, this doesn't make any sense. These things don't make any sense. Part of the strategy is for the enemy to infiltrate every one of these foundational places and say, words no longer mean what they meant. I was an English major in school, so I know a he means he and a she means she. And and the reality is you you can't turn on the television without seeing one of these things somehow being being put in our faces. to Why? To make it all look normal. To make it all come across as something normalized. You, watching Jeopardy. One night there was a deep-voiced, full-bearded person with pink hair. The pink hair didn't bother me. But, but the hosts referred to him as they simply because that's what he requested. And this is family entertainment. And and I'm thinking, 
it, it, it's, it, it's craziness. It's craziness. And it's dark. And yes, can I love and minister the deep-voiced, bearded, pink-haired dude? Yes. Yes. No problem with that. Can I share Jesus' love with him? Yes. Romans 1, starting with verse 18, says this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, See, it's not, an accident. It's, not, it's not an accident. It's not an accident that this stuff is happening in the public forum. God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. People are without excuse. That includes us. That includes us. I'm not, I'm not speaking anything that I wouldn't speak to ourselves. That if, there, if there's something we need to work on, we need to work on it. If there's something He wants us to clean it up, we need to clean it up. He'll do it if we ask. He'll do it. He's that, he's that good. He loves us that much. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men abandoned natural relations with, with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them over. And you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 you know. The scriptures don't give a whole lot of detail about at what point that happens. At what point that happens. But clearly, we can, we can see the reality of it playing out in life. The reality of this is playing out in life, and it's part of this collision course. Collision course. And, and every, every firm foundation that has been established, every firm foundation is under attack. It's under attack. And of those, of those seven, we, the one that represents religion, have to stand for truth. We have to stand for truth. We have to know what we believe. We have to know what the Bible says. We have to know what that firm foundation looks like. And it will, we will be challenged and criticized and called all sort of names, and we have to be up to know how to answer that. And the reality is, I know how to answer it by saying, I can love you, but I can still tell you the truth. And, and the reality is, I have. We have. We have loved people caught up in these many of these sort of things. And some receive it and some don't. 
the rest of this passage. Because of this, God gave them over. Oh, I already read that. Furthermore, as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They've become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, anger, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. I don't tell you what, even as I was looking at those lists, and I've been familiar with all of those things, and I'm thinking, what else can they invent? But there's always something. I never in my... It's, it's a really good thing. I, I think it's a good thing. I'm not in the newspaper business anymore. Well, if I were still in the newspaper business, I wouldn't be in the newspaper business because they would have fired me. Because I would be like, no, he means he, she means she, I'm not using they. And the reality is the Bible of the newspaper business is the AP style book, and they have changed their rules to say, we're going to honor their requests to be referred to as, as they. I re- still remember when Diane Sawyer invented Bruce Jenner, posing as Caitlyn Jenner, for the first time. And in her interview, she called him Caitlyn. I'm like, how, how, what? We, we have a style book. We have, rural, we have things that tell us this. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. And see, that last line there, that last line there is the goal in any, every one of these situations is to just get us all to say, that's okay. That's okay. You can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You can live however you want to live. But the God who loves us says that's not true. The God who has a plan for every life says that's not true. He says, I want you to live this way. And of course, you know, I'm not going to go through every verse that tells us what to do, but we know it's not true. And it's hard stuff. It's hard stuff because I think for years, I think for years, and Pastor Shane talked about this last year when he introduced to us and challenged us to, to begin fasting in ways we had never done before. And he, and he, and he, and, and he gave that illustration of signs that the culture has put up on doors that says, do not enter, do not enter. Do not enter. Do not enter. And the church has willingly said, okay, we'll stay out of that. We'll stay out of that. We'll stay out of that. We'll just let you have your heyday thinking it's not going to affect anything. And the reality is it affects everything. And the reality is God is calling this church to say, no, we're going to open that door and we're going to walk through it. And we're going to love relentlessly as we speak the truth about the love of Jesus. And we speak the truth about how he wants us to live. Because as this collision course is going on, this is, this is going to be an ending at some point. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And, you know, Pastor Shane referenced this, and I, I was raised right on board with him when, when, he was, when he was talking about, you know, the end is near, the end is near, the end is near. I have never, ever, ever in my, I'm, I'm 60, going to be 63 years old this month. I have never, never thought so much about the end times as I have in 2022, not because I'm dying or anything, but because 
this clash that's going on. It, the signs are everywhere. And the reality is we have to speak this truth because, you know what? If we can rescue one person, if we can rescue two people, if we can rescue five people, if we can speak the truth and say, that's not what God created you to be. That's, that's not who God created you to be. To, to be. Then we're doing our job. Then we're doing what our assignment is. Kingdom against kingdom. We're on the kingdom that represents light. We're on the kingdom that represents an amazing Savior who can and does deliver from any and all things that afflict. On June 2nd, the second day of Gay Pride Month, I wrote this on my Facebook page. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction. Matthew 7, 24, 27. Therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. If you're, is your foundation on the rock today? Is your foundation on the rock? If it's on the rock, you're going to stand. You don't have nothing, anything to worry about. But beyond that, get, on, get, get to work. Get on assignment. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Here's what I wrote about that. These verses seem relevant related as we dive into this month when pride is spewing. Don't be deceived. The culture will never tell the truth. Our unrepentant inner self will never tell the truth. The heart is deceitful above all things, Jeremiah 17, 9. As the increase of wickedness, there's another verse tied to that one. I didn't put it up there. As the increase of wickedness intensifies, deception will be at our fingertips. Build your life on the rock who is Jesus. And I just reiterated the verse, it fell and great was the fall of it. And just, I hear the rumbles of crashing and it's piercing. And, and the piercing part is, is that it should break every one of our hearts to the point where we're on our knees and saying, who's, who's in one of these demographics that I can pray for? Who's in one of these demographics that I, can, that I can possibly rescue, that I can speak the truth about Jesus, that I can get together with one-on-one because that's part of the mission I believe he's calling us to. Abundant life is being raised up to be more than conquerors for a reason. For a reason. It's not for us, it's not for us to take any credit. It's not for us to be, to be prideful about any of us. It's, it, it, it's us to live life with this idea that these truths are piercing. They're piercing to the point of tears. When's the last time you cried in prayer over someone who's lost? First Corinthians 3, do not deceive yourselves if any of you think you're wise by the standards of this age. Boy, I don't even know what the standards of this age are anymore. There are none. You should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. The wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. And you can look at all these things that we reiterated here today, that we listed here today, and you can see the wisdom of this world is foolishness. It's foolishness. As it is written, he catches the wise 
in their craftiness. And that's what I believe part of what Pastor Shane was talking about is he catches the wise and it's on full display. It's on full display. The ridiculousness of so much of this stuff, it's on full display. It's, it, 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 and there, there's, just, there's just no subtlety about any of it anymore. And here's the verse I've shared earlier, Genesis 1.27. God created man in his own image. It's the image of God. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. And so then there's this. And this picture actually uh, was from about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, and it was right down the street here. Right down the street here, we were driving here for Wednesday night class. And that rainbow was actually a double rainbow. I only captured part of it here. It, it, it is not an accident. It is not an accident by complete, but by complete design that the kingdom of darkness has tried to steal a symbol that represents God's covenant with his people. Don't, don't deceive yourself and think, oh, why did they choose that? It was by design. It's a mocking, if there's ever a mocking going on, to say this represents gay pride. It does not. It does not. It represents God's covenant, and he says it right here. I've set my rainbow in the clouds. It will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all the earth. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures and of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I've established between me and all life on earth. And he still means it. He still means it. And I'm convinced, and already this year, I think I've seen at least three double rainbows. And I'm convinced that there's another reminder to say, there's a reason. I'm showing you this. I want to remind you, the rainbow is mine. The rainbow is mine. And it's a reminder to you of how much I love you. And the reality, it's a reminder to those who wave the gay pride flag of how much he loves them. And we need to be able to tell them that. That's how much he loves you. To close with this verse, Matthew 6, 9, 10. The disciples had asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And it's where we get the Lord's prayer from his response. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done and on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm not going through the rest of the prayer because, because your kingdom come is how we ought to pray. And there's been lots of teaching and discussion over the years of what all this might mean. And I know over the years, I, I'll say, Lord, bring your kingdom. Bring your kingdom. I, wanna, I want your kingdom to come into my life today. I want your kingdom. I want to live in your kingdom economy today. But the reality is, your kingdom come means he's coming again and he's going to establish a kingdom. He's going to establish a kingdom. And every nation will bow. And so the, 
the clash between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness has a conclusion at some point. In the meantime, how are we living? What are we doing? I know for us, he said, I want you to be more than conquerors. I want you to be living like that. All of these demographics that we talked about today. On our corporate fast, perhaps in the, in the, in the coming weeks, because I put out a thing every week saying, here's our target this week. Perhaps in the coming weeks, I'll be just identifying one say, here's what we're doing today. And if you want to participate, please do. If you're, if you're Holy Spirit leading you to do that, do it. Because I don't know about, well, I do know about it because I know a lot of you. We don't want to just be lip service. We don't want to give lip service to this. We want to be proactive. And if we can invade some of these Some of these dark areas, we need to. Kingdom against kingdom. We know we're on the winning side, and I know that's cliche, but it's true. We do not have to fear any of this. We don't have to shrink back. If anything, he's saying, step forward a little more. Step out a little more. Speak a little more boldly. I know some of this stuff is sensitive materials, and I know, I know some of this stuff hits close to home, and I, Kim, this, this is Kim Newberry visiting from Virginia, yeah. following her lead. Speaking to you, you know, the whole time we were talking. And I work in a school system with um, seventh and eighth graders. <laughs> and um, this is real. So real. I've been, this is my sixth year. And this year has been the hardest on all of our teachers because we have seen kids struggling with their sexual identity. One day, they're one a girl named Robert or Roberta, then no, I'll be Robert this week. Or some, we've just had a boy come in a dress. And you know what? He has autism. He's so confused by what he sees probably on YouTube or his peers. He wants sometimes to be a girl, sometimes to be a boy. Last day of school, he wore a red wig and a dress. Kids are depressed because they don't know who they are or what they are. I've heard the word racist more than I could stand this year. We have discussions 
seventh and eighth graders, pro-life, not pro-life. These kids are suffering. This year, I have seen more teachers in the lounge crying than ever. We just need to realize this is so real. And and even at one point, I even said, I think I want to go to the elementary school. And my supervisor was like, Kim, you don't want to do that because they're out of control. There's no boundaries. There's no, the disrespect level. I can't even tell you the disrespect level. At one point, this one young kid, I... When I first got to school, he's tough, he's tough. He's a, he's a black boy, very, just got all kinds of stuff on him. Seventh grade. And he intimidated me, he really did. He'd give me looks like, you know, what are you looking at? White woman. Seventh grade. So I was intimidated, and I started just, I hardly, I just avoided him. And one day I overheard him talking to his friends, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to get, I have like three parties to go to this weekend, and I'm going to just get smashed. One's at the college. Oh, that broke my heart. College? Seventh grader? What was that going to be like? One was another party and another party. And I drove home that day and I just cried. And I said, God, forgive me. And I just prayed and prayed for him. I prayed and prayed for him. And it was, and then one day I was at school and I walked past him and he saw my tattoos. (laughs) He was like, oh, your tattoos are pretty cool. And I said, yeah, you know. And and, uh, we kind of broke the ice. And by the end of the year, he was just being so nice to me and just being so, that wall was broken down and I prayed for him all year because I kept thinking, he's just broken and he's lost and he's confused and these kids are just struggling. It is just coming up, it's coming up into this world and we just need to lift up our kids and, and pray. And, and this is all real. You think, well, you're relating this to adults. These kids are in the midst of all this crap. The children. This is Pastor Mark. Let's all stand. And you know, and I'm going to tell you the one scripture today and we'll take it from there next week, which is the bottom part, which is my message next week. I can't help but to go back to something that was brought out in this house when Satan said a very powerful word. Don't ever say Satan is not powerful. That's part of the deception. He said, did God really say? Say that. Did God really say? 
What's our answer to that question? Yes, yes. Everybody say yes. Louder. In Alice in Wonderland, she was having a conversation with Humpty Dumpty, and he was saying this word meant something, and she said, that's not what it means, Humpty. And Humpty said, when I use a word, it means just what I choose it to mean. Nothing more, nothing less. But when I was a little kid, I heard something that said, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't, can I change it? Couldn't put that mess back together again. And we serve a God who's able to break the power of darkness that can shatter that stuff, right? I want to read this word, then I'm going to go play with my right hand up there on that piano. In Ephesians chapter 2, See, see, here's part of the deception. Once people give in to sin, they think that's what they've be, that that's what they were created to be from the beginning. And then once you do something so long, you think, "Well, I can't change." That that's, and then they even sometimes, even though they took God out of it, or they wouldn't have been in the spot they're in to begin with, they say, "God made me that way. That's just how I am." Well. Ephesians 2, 1, real quick. And you were dead. Everybody say were. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you, you formerly walked according to the course of this world. And the Greek word there means the sin of the times. Everybody say the sin of the times. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived, say formerly lived, in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh, and in there's the desires in the mind it says in the desires of the flesh and in the mind and were say were by nature children of wrath even as the rest then we get to verse four two words but god everybody say but god but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead, say we're dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him. Everybody say with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace. Somebody shout hallelujah on that. You missed one. In kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of works. It's the gift of God. For we are his 
workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Tap somebody next to you and say, but God. you have a job and you work and you may have experienced you may have experienced an increase in anxiety in the workplace an increase of pressures and stress and confusion and worry it's not an accident a lot of things are happening in our world and our culture that are affecting workplaces like never before And our enemy will take advantage of all of that and say, I'm going to take this little bit of stress you're feeling and I'm going to dump more on you and have you worry about things you weren't previously worrying about. That's what this is about. That's at its simplest form, perhaps. But it's so much bigger. But God is good. God is good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for just your goodness. I thank you that in the middle of this class, you are shining bright. You are using your people to shine bright, to love, to care, to be relentless, relentless, loving powerfully, aggressively. continue to give us strategies to break into territories that previously we could not go into. Maybe we were afraid. Maybe we didn't know how. Show us how. Show us how. Because we know that you want not one to perish. We know it's your heart for not one to perish. I pray for your people today. Pray for us as we gather in this room, as we go out of this place today, that we will go out empowered by your Holy Spirit to to love, to serve, to deliver, to speak, to wrap our arms around people who are hurting and say we can love you with the love of Jesus because he did it for me first. And what he gave to me, I want to give to you. We don't speak about these things as if we weren't a part of them. Because we were all lost. We were all in darkness. And you called us into your marvelous light. So I pray for us that we will shine it. That we will shine it. pray your blessing on your people today. You get all the glory for every good work. It's in your name we pray. Amen. If anybody needs